This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to the first episode of CNC Chat. Now, this is a brand new show with myself, Craig Lockwood, and Aaron Goff of Goff Custom Knives. We're both knife makers um, who who enjoy machining, but we're, we're going to go into that in a second. We're going to have a sort of full introduction of what we're all about. So, Aaron, how are you? Very good, mate. Yourself? I'm good. I'm good. It's bloody freezing here today, but 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 I'm good. I'm yeah, good. it's the same here. We've we've just gotten the first big snowfall of the winter. Yeah, it's 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 coming along quickly. Christmas will be here before we know it. For those who don't know us, I mean, this is a brand new show. Um, we've mm-hmm. chatted previously on, on other podcasts because we're both knife makers. And, um, you know, many people may be thinking, well, what are knife makers talking about CNC for? <laughs> um, t- t- tell, us about, tell us about, you know, what you, what you get up to. So, yeah, I mean, as you said, I, my day-to-day is making knives, but um, I do it in a bit of an unusual way because I'm... I'm using CNC for as many of my processes as I can and, and working to expand. Um, you know, I, I think, I, I can't remember, we've talked a bit before about your background. I think you come from a programming background as well, right? Yeah, well, more of a sort of design, so web mm. stuff, basically. So a web little stuff. bit of, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of sort of, a little bit of programming. Um, did a fair few sort of iPhone apps back when iPhones were new. And right. you could make a bit of money in the app store before uh, the bigger companies took over. Right. Um, so, yeah, a bit of programming, a bit of sort of design work. Um, but, yeah, like, like yourself, I'm a, I'm a knife maker. But most of my stuff is more, sadly, in a more tra- traditional way at the moment. So I'm trying to sort of mechanize as much as I can simply because right. I want to be able to offer knives at a at a reasonable cost and doing things the <laughs> the old-fashioned way. Uh, it can take it can take as you know it can it can take a long time so yes absolutely i'm just at the beginning of this journey really of of learning cnc whereas you have been doing it for some time um well, it's the- such an amazing time to be to be getting into it like the the tools that are available to kind of beginner level people in cnc now are so much better than what they were 10 years ago Exactly. And, you know, we're starting to see sort of desktop versions of things as well. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to have a big machine shop to, to, to do all these things. But I, I just wanted to say, for those who, who haven't seen Aaron's work, um, he's got a YouTube channel. And he's got a few videos there where he shows how he makes his knives. And they are, it's a strangely, strange thing to say, but they're beautiful videos. If you're into Thank machining you. or anything like that at all, it's, it's you know, it's, it, they're just very clean and it shows the process so, 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 so precise. I'm, I'm a big fan, big fan of them. Thanks, Craig. It's, it's crazy how much work it is to make videos, honestly. Like people, people don't realize it's like a 15 minute video takes me like two weeks to make, which is crazy. <laughs> Well, your upload schedule is uh, is is about one a year, I think, isn't it? So. Uh, yeah, seriously. I'm, I'm working on um, on getting more out. It's just right now I'm trying to catch up on customer orders, so it's kind of taking precedent at the moment. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm sort of in the opposite way. I've just finished a big order. Um, yeah, you finished your um hunt, your camp knives, right? Camp knives, yes, yeah. So they were they were 57 in the end. That uh, they've all been boxed stuff, and they've just nice. literally this morning been picked up. And I haven't really scheduled in a big run of anything now until the new year. So I'm using right. this time to 
look at my processes, um, what I can mechanize, what I can make easier. Um, and I don't, I don't have the equipment that you have, but I have literally this morning just ordered a a new machine. Um, so it's a, a, a desktop CNC. So t- t- let's take things back a bit. Let's take things back. So <laughs> I currently, my sort of ventures into CNC are very, very basic. So I suppose, you know, 3D printing, I suppose they're, they're CNC machines. They're, they run G-code and so on. Absolutely, um, yeah. First had my first um, 3D printer back in, I, I think, around about 2014 through 2015. And that was one of the, the MakerBot machines with the with the wooden frame. Right. One of the sort of original school, MakerBots. Yeah. yeah. So have you done any sort of 3D printing at all? Have you, have you got into I, that? Yeah, I have actually, but only really recently, which is kind of funny. Like, I got into CNC before 3D printing, even mm-hmm. though... Like, um, I've been following like the RepRap project, yes, um, yeah. the self-replicating rapid prototyping machine since, since it's kind of inception, but I never actually bought a 3d printer until about a year ago. Hmm. Um, and honestly, I didn't buy a very good one. Oh, right. Well, well, here's the big question. Have you actually printed anything of use? Yes. Tons of stuff. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I've been printing like, um, drawer organizers for the workshop. Oh, nice. Um, so I've got like. You know, one that holds all my little jeweler's screwdrivers and one that holds screwdriver bits. Um, just, yeah, lots of little things like that. It's it's not really like, um, I'm not I'm not making stuff to ship to customers, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, for, for just like whacking something out, prototyping something, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, said without any sort of experience really in CNC and, or, or 3D modeling at all, um, I got into sort of 3D printing, and most of that was just downloading stuff from Thingiverse, and they mm-hmm. were just, you know, it, it was landfill. <laughs> no real use to most of it. Right. But it's only recently that I sort of, you know, delved into, you know, modeling things. So um, I've I've gone through I probably five or six 3D printers over the years. Again, always cheap um, Chinese right. kits that you make yourself. But my most recent one is is one of the Prusa Prusa uh, printers, the Prusa oh, Mini. Okay. Okay, that was the one you just bought. Um, I've had it probably about about two three months. Okay. Um, and this is the first machine that I've had that is faultless. You can just turn it on; it'll level itself, and it's away. It it just works really well. I've heard good things. I've actually been thinking about buying one. Um, to like use as like a the start of a build farm or something at the workshop. Yeah, I mean they're cheap. They're really cheap. Um, and and you can use Octoprint with them as well, so you could use it as you know a part of a larger farm of printers. But um. Right. These printers really have got me into um, the basics of 3D modeling um, mm-hmm. and whether we're using, you know, CNC mills or printers, whatever it may be. You know, if you're starting to do custom stuff, you obviously need, you know, 3D modeling experience. And that's what I don't have. So so what about yourself? What what are you using for your 3D modeling? What what sort of software are you using? Oh, I've, I've gone the full gamut. Like when I got started, it was um, Google SketchUp because that was – all I could afford at the time. Yeah. And then it was um, like, an, I think it was like an educational version of SolidWorks, um, an old, old copy. And then now I'm using Fusion. Um, and yeah, like Fusion has honestly been like, it's kind of, if it didn't exist, my business probably wouldn't exist in its current <laughs> incarnation. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, just it's, it's amazing how enabling it is to have, software like that easily accessible 
So are you using um, Fusion 360 for, obviously, your design work? Are you then yep. at using the, sort of the cam side of things as well with the Mel? Or are you yep, putting it into like Mac 3? You're using 360 100%. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so I do all my cam, everything in, in Fusion. Um, it's actually incredibly powerful on that. Yeah. Like, it can do 5-axis and um, laser cutting. And three. it actually, they just introduced a 3D printing module as well. So you can yeah. do all your slicing and everything in Fusion. Um yeah, like, you know, so I got on the Fusion train pretty early and, you know, I run it on Mac and in the early days, it's like every time they did an update, it would start crashing, you know, so I got into the habit of having to save, save my, my um, designs like every five minutes, but, but these days it's, it's just solid. Um, so yeah, you know, like it's, it's pretty awesome to have that. Well, it's good that it runs on a Mac. That's the main thing because um, yeah. I, I, I just mentioned that I've just I've just bought a new Mel. Um, just you know, it's more of a CNC router, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, for doing handles, uh, G10 handles. Well, you told us you were buying something new, but you didn't tell us what you actually bought. You said you ah, bought something last night. What did yes. you buy? So it's again, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's a cheap thing. Um, I started off using one of those, um, you know, those Chinese sort of thirty eighteen mm. um, kits, um, which are. 30 centimeter by 18 centimeter build plate. Um, very underpowered powered routers, aluminium extrusions, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, they're rubbish, but they're good for learning. Right. So, um, you know, the software, I've been using the most basic stuff like easel, that kind of thing. So, you know, really good for learning. But I thought I need something now bigger, which I can actually use for production to get, you know, knife handles made. I like where um, this is going. Yeah, so I've gone for again. It's another Chinese machine, um, right. but it's the Sane Smart one. So I think if you're going for a Chinese machine, I think Sane Smart are probably the, the the better brand to go for. And it's their new forty thirty, so it's, it's the Pro Ver XL they call it. Um, it's a brand new machine, um, and it's a forty by thirty um, build plate on it. Nice. Um, and this seems to um, I've been told that it'll work well with G10. And as you know, we're not using big slabs of G10 for knife handles. We're using no. sort of six, seven millimeter, that kind of thing. So this should do the job well for me because what I'm finding is the shaping of handles when I'm putting them on knives. It, that's that can take a long, long time um, when it doesn't right. need to. If I can, if I can route these out to to shape, um, not necessarily sculpted, 3D sculpted yet, but just literally to a uh, 2D shape. I can then bolt right. them on, and then I can I can do some very simple. Uh, I mean, my knife handles aren't sculpted much anyway. I can literally rounding off the corners. So are you just are you going to be bolting down a sheet of G10 and then cutting out the the shapes and like leaving tabs? Exactly, exactly. Right. Yes, yes. So I'll just leave you know a couple of tabs on, uh, just you know very small. Um, pop them out, um, bolt them on, glue them down, and um, yeah, this should should save me a lot of time. So Thanks. so. I, we would just mention how how you know affordable and easy it is now to start using these machines and and this machine was is like under a thousand dollars. Yeah, I was going to ask about the price. Well, like I I think I said to you previously that like the machine I got started with was such a piece of shit. Hmm. Like, um, I bought it from some guy in the states. I can't even remember the name of it, but it it was a kit. And when I say kit, it was basically like a box of parts. Right, um, yeah. you know, no, no pre-assembly done whatsoever, and for for linear rails, it used electrical conduit with oh, skateboard geez. bearings. Oh, right, um, okay. <laughs> the base of it was like a piece of plywood, and then 
the the sides of the gantry were like quarter inch acrylic. Wow. So like this thing was as floppy as a wet noodle and yeah. and the 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 um the spindle was just a Dremel. So this thing screamed like you know, it was unbearable to be around and oh yeah, it was such a piece of shit. And that was like a thousand dollars. So what were you using that for? Um or what could it do rather? Well, I, I mean, I was just kind of like excited to have a CNC machine in my, I had it in my living room, you know, like I, at, at that point I wasn't making knives really. I just, I, I have always loved CNC. Um, so like the first time I ever saw a CNC machine was, um, in, uh, a guitar factory that I was working in and they had this CNC machine that was just massive. Mm. And ever since I saw that machine, I've just been fascinated with them so i i wanted one but you know you can't have a uh you know a ten thousand pound cnc mill in your in your living room so i got this awful piece of crap to play with but as you said you know it it, i got my feet wet yeah yeah Um, exactly yeah yeah and it's made a it's ended up making a huge difference in my life having having that experience yeah, and I don't know whether it's just because I've been Googling them and they're they're everywhere at the moment. If I go online, I sort of see adverts for now. It's different types of mainly CNC routers. Right. But there's just so many out there now that companies are making, whether they're kits or whether you know, they're, they're fully designed, ready to go. There's just so many out there. They're affordable. And I just hope that this this, this machine I bought it will, will do the job. The the specs certainly look as if it should. Right. Um, but the goal is then to eventually have, you know, a larger CNC mill as opposed to a router so I can work with steel like like you do. Yep. So tell us how that happened. How did you go from this this thousand dollar router style CNC machine to, to what you've currently got, which is a, a beast. It was a big step, yeah. Like, so I went from that 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 piece of crap that I was telling you about, and then the next upgrade was um, uh, Fireball V ninety from Probotics, and that was like about the best kind of hobby grade machine you could get at the time. And again, it was a kit, and it was made out of wood and stuff, but it was it was better engineered. Um, it had a real router as a spindle, and then I started making knives, and I started thinking about CNC milling, and um, John Grimsmo. Uh, was actually a big influence in that regard because he, you know, had a Tormac in his garage and he was making um, awesome-looking knives with that thing. So I was like, mm. okay, I've got to look for a CNC mill. And I was looking at Haas, which are you know brand new, very expensive machines. I was looking at Tormac, which are also kind of expensive. You know, they're they're like twenty k if you get one with a tool changer and stuff. Yes, yeah. Well, I was looking at their their four forty, which I think is their sort of mm. entry level. Um, and you're looking, you know, for a, a bare spec machine, you're talking sort of eight or nine grand before you start, you know, loading in the good stuff. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, at that time I was like, uh, you know, I was, I was running my business on a maxed out credit card and, and evenings and weekends. Right. So when I went and asked the bank, oh, you know, will you give me some money to buy a CNC machine? They basically laughed me out of the door. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I was left with, okay, so what can I buy used? And and looking around, one of the biggest things was you have to be able to work on a, a used machine. You know, the, it's guaranteed to come with some problems. Yeah. So I, I basically made that my primary, um, like, qualifying thing was I have to be able to work on it. And so I found these machines called Fidals, which are, um, the company actually no longer exists, um, but their machines were just very, very simple. Um very like very robust, but 
but built out of simple parts that were still easy to get. And there was a couple of companies that were supporting them and so on. So I ended up, the first uh, machining center I ever saw was that machine. I, I flew to Ottawa, um, which is just uh, in like an hour north of, of Toronto by plane. And I went and had a look at this place, at, at this uh, machine rather, at this place that made fire engines uh, of all things, like fire trucks. And they'd bought like three of these things from California and they were basically selling the shittest one. Right. Okay. <laughs> and, so it's going to need a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, at the time I had more enthusiasm than, than skill in terms of like <laughs> assessing the quality of the machine. So, you know, they turned it on, it, it moved back and forth and I was like, it, it works. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's alive. Yeah. So I, I ended up buying it and um, I think I paid about $8,000 for it. Um, which is a big investment, you know, for a machine that you, yeah. you need to recoup that cost back. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I was very lucky. Like it, it did run, um, you know, and it could cut things as it was, but I, you know, it looked like shit. It was like half, half rust from, from like the table down. Mm. Um, like whatever coolant they'd been running on it had actually been stripping the paint off the machine Oh, geez. and then it'd just been... <laughs> um rusting so yeah you know I, I i definitely spent a bunch of time fixing that machine up um and to date i've probably got about twenty thousand into it but the nice thing about doing it that way was you know i could just replace bits as i got the money yeah and you you know it inside out you've literally oh, yeah. ripped it apart yeah yeah 100 and you know it's it's like a new machine now um well sort of <laughs> but yeah, yeah and that was you know one of the best decisions i've ever made it was it was crazy it was um scary but it worked out really well so how long did it take for you to after purchasing that did you then start producing knives with it oh it was like more than six months um you know i spent a couple of months just working on it and then I spent a couple of months just like learning the CAD and learning the CAM side of things. And yeah, it's, it's definitely a very steep learning curve to, to jump from like a little CNC router up to a big machine. Not the, you know, one of the, one of the scariest things is like a little machine. If you crash it, it's, it's going to like stall out and stop mm. this thing. You know, if you tell it to cut your vice in half, it's going to try its best. <laughs> yeah. Well, Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you just mentioned learning in, learning in, I can't even speak today, gee. Yeah, it's all right. It's, it's one of those um, days. Le learning um, CAD and CAM software and so yeah. on. And, and we, we briefly mentioned, you know, uh, you, you know, we both use Macs. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, 360 is an, is an obvious choice. Um, but, you know, I've gone from Easel, which is, you know, very so much 2D focused and it's all browser based. I, I think it was Inventables. I think they, they come up with the software. Right. Um, and, you know, from that, it was, for me, it was Carbide Create, which is basically a desktop version of that. It, it, it does right. pretty much the same. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to dip my toes into, into 360 now. And you're right, that learning curve is just so, so massive. It's crazy. Yeah, and I, I think it's really interesting. Like, you know, I've said this to you before, but, like, people, um, I know you've heard it before, too. People are like, oh, once you start making knives at CNC, you just push a button and knives come out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and... I, I think that's always a, a statement made from ignorance. It's the the learning curve involved in all this stuff is just incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I've gone down the route of tr whilst trying to learn these different things, I've, I've generally 
try to find the cheapest machines that I can find. Right. And the limitation with these machines are generally like the software. So mm. an example, I've, I've recently bought a like a fiber laser to do my the marking of my knives and the engraving. Yeah, I'm knives. jealous. Um, it is great. I love it. But again, right. I went the cheap route. So I, I've got one imported from China. And, right. And I say cheap. It's still you know, the price of a used car. It's, it's crazy. But um, it's the software that let, lets it down. So it's got this – it uses EasyCAD, which is this okay. really – it's just it's just this terrible terror it crashes all the time right. again it, it won't run on a mac you need to run it on a pc um and that's the biggest limitation to it and i just think i don't know if it, the, the, i think i think it's is it light room not not light room um that there, there, there is there is a more comprehensive um piece of software you can use for lasering and, and you can do far yeah far i know better. i know the one you mean it's light wave maybe something something like that, like that yeah um, but that won't work with my machine because of the boards that my machine work uh, have got. They won't work with that, and it's right. it's one of those things where I should have spent a bit more, and I'd have a lot more um, freedom to choose the software. And with that comes a lot more creativity, and it's it's one of those things. But it you know nothing's cheap when you're starting. <laughs> nothing's cheap because it needs to earn its keep. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and it's yeah like that jump that I made up to the big machine. I'm I'm not sure I would recommend that everyone do that. You know, like I've had people ask me and it's, I was already very familiar with electronics. Um, mm. You know, I, I, I used to build guitar amps and stuff when I was growing up. So I'm relatively comfortable, you know, working on a live circuit that's got like 400 volts DC in it, you know, yeah. and, and that'll straight up kill you. Like um, you have to know what you're doing. Um, yeah. And if, if you, if you buy a used machine and you you don't have like electrical and mechanical experience, at least some, you know, it it's going to be a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, but um, just before buying this this little CNC router, literally over the last few days, I've been looking on um, surplex.com. I'm not right. sure if you're aware of that. It's old factory machines, um, and it's like it's like an eBay just for factory machines. Right. Um, I don't know if you, you can know, hear that in the background. The fire alarm in my building's just gone off. Really? Oh, yep. right. Wait, if you, you can't hear to, it, that's good. Do you need to leave? No, it's fine. <laughs> no, like they actually say you're supposed to stay in place unless ordered otherwise. But I feel really? bad because oh. my girlfriend's trying to teach her a high school class from oh, the other geez. room. Oh, and the geez. fire alarm's just gone off. Yeah, we, I can only barely just hear it. I can't hear it. Okay, it's, that's it's, fine. It's barely audible. We'll torture our listeners with it. Yes, yeah. Where was I? I can't even remember. What I was Sorry, you were saying you you were looking on Surplex. Oh, yes, yes. It's a dangerous and game the, to be looking at used machines, Craig. It is, especially when you look at the, the weight and the size of some of these machines. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm quite fortunate when I'm moving to a, to a bigger shop soon. We've just bought a new house and there's a big barn attached and that's going to be my new shop. So I'm going to have all this extra room to play with. Um, but I don't really have the money to be buying, you know, big, big machines because they, they can cost tens, hundreds of thousands even. So I'm looking on Surplex. I'm thinking, wow, I could get that for five grand. Then I'm thinking, <laughs> plus the five grand shipping costs yep. and all the rest. Of then trying to work out how the hell this old, rusty, old, knackered machine works. Yeah, it's a dangerous machine. Dangerous well, it's thing. funny because you and I think about probably very different things when we look at a workshop. You know, when, when I think about your your barn that you're saying about, I'm, I'm thinking like, how thick is the concrete slab underneath that thing? <laughs> It is. It is actually a um, an earth floor at the moment. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, that that'll be one of the first jobs actually putting a floor in. In um, and it, it's this thing where um, 
there's like a big mezzanine already attached to it so there's going to be two shops effectively so like a clean shop and a, and a dirty shop for all the grinding and all nice. the rest of it so yeah I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to that but uh it's going to be a money pit and i'm quite aware of that <laughs> everything is man it's 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 pretty amazing how expensive stuff gets uh, you know? yeah yeah i so- i i can never quite get over that i look at the numbers at the end of the year and you're just like holy shit where did it all go <laughs> So, so what's on your? I mean, talking about you know having to buy stuff and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. What's sort of next on your list, machine wise? Have you got like a, a want list of what you want? Uh, I do actually, but unfortunately, most of my wants are actually have to builds. Um, oh, yeah, so like I, you know, I think it's it's really amazing where we've come to with the the little hobby machines. Um, you know what's available out there, but the gap between like the hobby machines and the industrial machines is really big. And there's not much in the middle. Um, So I'm actually working on a project at the moment to try and put some stuff in the middle, um, which is exciting. So I've been buying components, uh, stepper motors and ball screws and servos and all sorts of fancy stuff. So I'm working on a a concept for a a super compact CNC mill that'll have a, a tool changer and everything. So about the size of a fridge, but can cut hard and steel. Wow. And is this something that you then manufacture to sell? I'm not 100% sure about that, honestly. Like, I would love to, but I feel like that's just going to be... Huge uh, investment. Yeah. I, what I'm what, Basically, the plan at the moment is to um, build out everything for myself, um, probably build one for my friend Mike, because um, I want him to have a CNC machine, um, and then release everything as open source and, and hopefully encourage some other company to to you know license it at a very low cost and and start making them wow wow so this would take the form of a sort of a horizontal mill so a smaller version to what you have i assume uh vertical mill yeah so the spindle sorry vertical yeah so the spindle will be up and down um yeah and then you know a tool changer whacked on the side because it's you know it's kind of crazy I, i you know as a former hobby guy you know with the the little machines i i totally get why people don't realize this but like a cnc without a tool changer is is like a two-legged dog (laughs) um you know a machine with a tool changer just becomes such a force multiplier because you can you know so you've got kids to look after and all that kind of stuff right imagine if you could like load up a a sheet of of handles and then come back three hours later and they're like contoured and they've got holes in them for the pins and they're counterboard and you know it, finished yeah like, yeah it's just amazing to be able to have that kind of capability and there's there's basically like no hobby machines that can do that wow okay so that, that, yeah you need to document that as much as possible oh i, I will be don't worry that would be cool that would yeah. be cool yeah apart from that i mean there's a lot of things on my buy list but they're all kind of like if i won the lottery tickets you know Yes, yeah. And, you know, funnily enough, we, my wife and I, we're always having this chat, you know, if we won the lottery, because mm. this week, for some reason, the lottery in um, in France here is like hundreds of millions. It's just ridiculous. Right. It's just built up and built up. And we're like, what would we do? And we're like, well, but the, the two of us are the same. We, we can't keep still. We, we need to work. You know, we're not the type that would yeah. you know, sit on a beach and drink pina coladas the rest of our lives. We, we need to be doing something just for our, our own mind's sake. Well, um, drinking pina coladas is a bad investment. Depreciates exactly. quickly. 
It does. It does. <laughs> and at my age, you don't be drinking too much. It's not good. <laughs> but but um, yeah, we were thinking, what would we do? And I I initially said, you know, we I'd get a, like a big sort of old warehouse style style building, mm. and buy these machines just so I could learn how to use them. Not really caring so much about the output because you wouldn't, you know, financially you wouldn't need to. Um, yeah. So just... you've officially caught the CNC bug, then, Craig. If if you want to like be buying old <laughs> machines and. <laughs> fiddling around with them that's, that's quite official. possibly yeah i think that's what it is yes yeah <laughs> well i think that's probably a good introduction for a show i think people are going to get a good understanding of our sort of backgrounds where we're coming from what we're up to mm-hmm. um for the for those listening if you know you can find aaron's work at is it Guff, uh, sorry goffcustom.com is it .com? that's correct yeah and, and you're mine... over at chopknives.com Chopknives.com, yes. Um, and Aaron's got this amazing YouTube channel as well, and I think it's just Aaron, Aaron Goff on YouTube. Yeah, or Goff Custom. Goff Custom, right. One and the same. Go take, a, go take a look at them and let us know what you think. You know, what do you want us to be talking about? Um, I think this is going to take the form of me trying to learn as much as I can from Aaron. So it's going to be me shooting a lot of questions to him each week as I stumble across new things and I get stuck. Um, well, and I'd love to talk about all the, the stuff that I find exciting in the CNC world. There's so much awesome stuff happening. You know, like exactly. machines that are doing laser welding and, and, and CNC machining in the same thing. And, well, uh, I don't know if you saw E3D, uh, the 3D printer company. They've just mm. been working on a version of their tool changer 3D printer um, that uh, lays down plastic and then machines it. So you wow. end up with parts that are like incredibly mechanically accurate but 3d printed yeah and it's it's you know it's i think it's like four or five thousand dollars it's not a hundred thousand dollars yeah um yeah so there's some exciting stuff going on out there yeah and talking about 3d printing have you seen the um the the 3d printer so i don't know if you know naomi Wu on on youtube um She's a, a, I think she's Chinese lady, okay. and she she's well into her sort of machinery that kind of thing, and she's worked with. I'm trying to think of the 3D printer company. I can't think who it is, but basically it's a it's a 3D a belt printer. So it's got like a conveyor belt across the across the bottom. Mm. So they're printing at a 45 degree angle. So you you can basically have as much height as you want in a, in a 3D print, oh, and cool. the belt just belt just moves along as as the sort of build table normally would. And it obviously it's just never ending. Um, so as as well as having things as big as you want them, you can also you know pull off your print, then print another one without having to you know any sort of user interference at all. Yep. It'll just it'll just keep on printing and yeah, printing. It just chucks the part off the side. I've seen a couple yeah. of printers like that, but not at the angle. I've just seen them with like a flat a flat bed and then a conveyor belt. Um, ah, right. There was yeah. a couple like that on Hackaday that people had, had worked on themselves. I love that concept. Again, it's like the, it's like the tool changer. It's it's a force multiplier because now you can mm. like you know go to bed and wake up the next morning to like a big plastic box full of parts. It's that easy. Yeah. Oh, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. Like seriously, though, it's you know, <laughs> yeah. There's a learning curve. Like I said, it's a force multiplier. It's, you put in that investment of the learning, and then. Yeah. You know, you get these capabilities that are just amazing. And yeah, 3D printing is, I, I find it endlessly fascinating. I mean, it's basically a, a really fancy computerized hot glue gun. But yeah. like the yeah. stuff you can make with it is is awesome. 
have you seen the 3D printing pens? No. It's basically, oh, it's, basically yes. hot, yeah. it's a hot glue gun machine. There's, a, there's, yeah. there's no sort of steppers or anything like that at all. You you do it by hand. It, it, yeah, and they, they got the cheek to call it a 3D printing machine. Which, yes, which they look very well. janky. Yes. Yeah. I have seen some pretty... There was one guy that was doing, um, like, finding broken concrete, broken masonry, and then, you know, 3D printing by hand with one of those little pens, um, mm. like a little repair patch <laughs> as, as, like, art. You know, just to fill it in. Uh, uh, yeah. That's cute. That's a cute use of it. But yeah, you're not going to, um, you know, make a, a knife handle with one of those oh, pens. No. no. Have you tried, um, thinking about the knife handles, um, mm. I've got a bunch of wooden filament, which I haven't actually tried yet. Um, so I think I'm going to try that just to see how they finish. But just for an experimental knife handle, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's worth a shot. I haven't. I haven't tried any of the specialty filaments really yet. I've been mainly focused on like engineering stuff. So I've got like some nylon and and so on. But, um, you know, that stuff's very fussy to print. And my current printer can't really handle the temperatures involved. So Right, yeah. I was getting into some sketchy stuff, you know, like putting a cardboard box around it to try and get the the heat up and keep the drafts (laughs) out. It's like, how much of a bonfire do I want to build in my living room? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think I think I'll give that. I think you need to use slightly bigger nozzles because of the because uh, of clogs the, part- right? the particles within the filament. Right. Yeah, but um, but that that'll be quite fun. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how it turns out. Yeah, yeah, and you know they'll be light because you know you can adjust the infill and yeah, it should be fun. It should be fun. Sounds so great. at the moment, I'm I'm just thinking about your sort of process. So mm. you've got your your big mill, which yep. you're using that same mill for the handles as well as the steel. Yeah, I've got a setup where I I have like a a big vacuum nozzle that comes in just to uh, keep the G10 dust contained. Because mm. so for those that don't know, G10 is a fiberglass and epoxy composite. So it's it's kind of nasty stuff. It's it's actually not as bad as I used to think it was. Um, I did some research and. You know, people that have been exposed to it over a long period of time don't generally have any bad side effects, unlike oh, right. carbon fiber or asbestos. Um, but yeah, you don't, you don't. I mean, anything other than air, you don't want to be breathing that shit in. Yes, yeah. I found that this week actually using the um, the the little fiber laser I've got. Hmm. If, you know, obviously that just burns off the surface, but even that, the fumes that are coming off that, woof, don't want to yeah. be breathing that stuff. Yeah, the little steel particles. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy how many. I mean, especially with the little hobby CNC routers, you know, like you want to run them in your bedroom or your living room or whatever. And I think a lot of people do it without enough dust collection. Just just yeah. get a shop vac or something, you know, like stick it right next to it. Make sure it has a good HEPA filter on it. They're only like thirty bucks, and then and then you're pretty much covered. But yeah, you don't want to be breathing all this shit in. Yeah, that's the first thing for this for this new router is to uh, print a like a dust shoe, you know, that I can, that I can just stick a shop vac into and it just get rid of all that crap, yeah. Yeah, but how fucking amazing is that? You don't have to go and buy one. You can just print one. That is pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I remember when, like, Ikea, I think I think it was like three or four years ago, they said, you know, for a lot of their repair stuff now, they're just going to put the 3D models online and you can just print it off yourself. And, mm. and everybody's going to have a, a desktop machine in the house so you can just put 3D print stuff. Um, I suppose that is the dream, but, you know, it's we're still printing with, abs and pla and that that's the shortfall unfortunately isn't it the the strength of these things yeah i mean 
I don't know. Like, so I've been printing just in PLA, and um, so I'm working on an automated sandblasting cabinet at the moment. That's one of my projects. And um, Aut- automated sandblasting. Oh yeah, it's going to be sexy, ah. Craig. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent unattended, like fully automated. So it'll have um, three controlled axes: one to rotate the knife, and then two that kind of move together up and down. And then if you just move one of them, it'll rotate the nozzle. Wow! So it'll have this like differential drive to to point the nozzle up and down. Um, do you think you may be working on too many machines? Yeah. That's three you've talked about today. No, already. I definitely am. <laughs> the The problem is my eyes are bigger than my stomach. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's always like that. I've always got a thousand projects on the go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is the dream, though, isn't it? To automate as much as as much as you can. And uh... absolutely. And and I think that it's one of those things where it's like the more time you put into it, the more it pays off. Because every single thing that I work on to help automate my process gives me more time to continue working on automating my process. Mm, yeah. So, I, yeah, I think it's it's time well spent. Um, and it's it's stuff I really enjoy. You know, like that's ultimately, like that's the kind of stuff that I have the most fun doing. So Yeah. Yeah. And I'd imagine, you know, you've got the same sort of mindset as me is the goal is to make the, the best knives that we can make. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I want to make the best knives that I can as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And I think, you know, if whether it's employing somebody else who, you know, they're going to take lunch breaks and they're going to take toilet breaks and they're going to go on holidays and they're going to be moody. I don't like working with real people. They can have moods and, oh, it's the worst. <laughs> if I can get a machine to do all that, I'm very happy. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, like, so I, I had um, a friend of mine, Mike, working with me for a while and it was a great experience. Like, I, I actually miss having him in the shop, you know, to be quiet working by myself, but... Yeah, you know, teaching someone else your processes and making sure that they always get done the same way. And um, yeah, we're just, we're in a different era now. You know, like Mm. 20, 30 years ago, if you wanted a a business like the ones that we're working on, you know, you'd you'd have to employ other people. And I think it's both a good and a bad thing. It's, It's a bit scary in some ways, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and it's also the precision thing as well, isn't it? It's it's not just a case of... Um, we can speed things up. We can make things repeatable um, and as precise as we need them to be. That's I think that's the the key thing for me. L- little things. I mean, I, I was talking about knife handles. I'm using this new um, CNC machine for knife handles. The thing that takes so long for me to do manually is is just drilling pinholes. Yeah. Because they need to align perfectly, and I've got this little jig fixture that'll help me and all the rest of it. But as soon as I change, you know, the, the model or the, or the style of the handle. We need to go through that whole process again. So yep. just little things like that, being able to do, and I can just pick them up, and I know they're going to fit. You know, each time, every time, I know yep. they're going to fit. Yeah, I mean, that's the good thing and the bad thing about CNC is that it, it'll do exactly what you tell it, even if what you're telling it to do is wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I've had that experience a few times where, you know, you, you discover after the fact that you've got some some mistake and you're like, oh, fuck, I just made like 40 parts that are all garbage. Yes, and that's something that I found when I started doing sort of batches of knives. So mm-hmm. for the first few years of making knives, they were all sort of individual one-offs, you know. Um, but then, you know, I, I do like the idea of becoming a small factory. I like the idea of that, that repeated thing. And I like, you know, if I'm this morning, I'm drilling holes. And I could be drilling holes in, you know, in 100 knives. Um, 
I prefer that process than to, you know, setting up the machine just to drill holes in one knife, then go to the next machine, set that up. And, yeah. you know, I, I prefer working in big batches. Um, and that's what I found when I first started doing batches, thinking, oh, I've got this way where I can save some time. So I do it to maybe 30, 40 knives. And if you've done it wrong, you've done it wrong to 30, 40 knives. 100%, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a real pain. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I love that idea too of, like, you know, making a, a factory. Um, but, like... I don't want to have to work in the factory. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to build my own prison of of forced labor. Like, yeah. Um, and and that's where the the CNC stuff is so exciting. I think is that like if if I can make more of my processes use CNC, then yeah, you know, I'm just I'm helping free up my time to do stuff that's more important. You know, I I don't yeah. think that like cutting steel up on a bandsaw is an important job. Yeah, that's the the, sort of the donkey work, is it? You yeah, don't need to be work. very skilled. Yeah. You don't need to be skilled to do that, but it can take a lot of time. And there's, yes. yeah, there's easier ways to do it. Yeah, but and I want to eliminate all of that. I, I have no no patience, no time for that shit. I just don't yeah. want to do it. Yeah, and and it's unusual because particularly for knife making, I think there's this old sort of romanticism of you know standing next to a you know a coal fired forge mm -hmm. and just banging it and you know sweat putting sweat into every knife and you know you can see the soul of the knife and yeah I, I, that's never been I've, I've never forged a knife all my knives have been stock removal and you know so uh, for those who don't know i also do another podcast called knife talk and I, I with two other knife makers and we often get questions coming in saying you know people using machines is that really knife making you know, is, is that is that the same thing? And I'm like, well, yes, of course it is. It's just a modern, it's a modern approach. You yeah, know? the proof we, is we, in the pudding. You know, like yeah, you can make a shit knife by hand. You can make a shit knife with CNC. It's exactly, exactly. It, yeah, yeah. It, and I mean, Amazon aren't using horses and carts to deliver stuff. You know, they've they're moving forward. The whole world is moving forward. And I think if we can make better knives that are far with with far more precision it just makes sense to me yeah 100 percent. yeah and i'm in the same boat i the the part of the driving factor for me too is that i'm just not you know when people are like oh i make knives by just pure sweat and blood and standing in front, i'm just not built that way like yeah if someone was like you have to stand in front of this grinder and, and grind for 10 hours every day for the next year i'd just be like no fuck that i'm i'm gonna do something else yeah, and I think that may be a generational thing as well because, I mean, I'm I'm forty two, forty two now, and mm -hmm. you know my father will see me doing things and it's like if I'm not sweating, I'm not working. Right. And it's like well, I'm just working smarter, maybe you know. So I I spent you know nearly twenty years of my life as a you know working on computers, you know, as a, as a web designer, web developer, and and to my dad that wasn't work. Right. You know, you just sit in there, you're not sweating. Um, so maybe that's a generational thing as well, where you know people are not understanding the work that goes into, um, you know, using machinery. You know, it, it, as we as we started off the show, we're not just pressing a button and spitting things out the other end. There's a lot of work that goes into that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, you know, the other thing is too that like I like my health and I like my limbs. You know, yesterday <laughs> using the belt grinder, I managed to stick my thumb into it twice in a day. Uh, you know, which is, uh, as you know, it's a it's a bad day. So now I've got like half a thumbnail and half a knuckle. Uh, <laughs> you know, but you, you do that with like a bandsaw or something, and and they'll call you stumps forever. Like, uh, I don't, 
I don't particularly want to, uh, you know, endure the experience of, of uh, missing a finger. And using CNC helps me keep my hands away from the spinny bits, you know? So, yeah, yeah you know, maybe it is a generational thing, but, like, I'd like to think that we're all working to make life better for, for everyone, you know? And I think CNC it, yeah. helps do that, so. Yeah. Maybe so. that's a lofty view of CNC. I don't, I don't know, but, like... I, I just think that there's too many people in the world that spend their, their lives doing just horrible jobs that they don't want to do. Yeah. Um, are the machines, they'll, they'll take everybody's job, these machines, and what are people going to do? Yeah, you know, we, we can get into that. I, I, I think that's actually one of the more interesting parts of CNC. Like, yeah, the machines are going to take the jobs, and we're just going to have to work out how to make sure that everyone gets looked after. Yeah, I, I was reading a report. My my wife works in sort of education and, and training, that kind of thing. And she just had these things lying around. And I was reading a report. It was something like 67% of children currently, well, the jobs that people generally have. So kids in school, 67% of them aren't being trained for what they'll eventually do because we don't know what they're going to be doing. Right. And, you know, it's it's crazy to think, you know, when I was growing up, it was always the case, oh, the computers are going to take over. And nobody's going to have any work. But, you know. People need to operate their computers, and they can use those computers to generate new jobs, and it's yep. ongoing. Yeah, I, I, I think education is amazing, but like, don't get me started on like everyone has to go to university and and get an English degree. Like, just <laughs> such useless shit half the time. It, it, it's yeah, it drives me a little crazy. Like, I wish people would, I don't know, travel the world or something in that time you know, learn more about themselves and then make a decision rather than going into yeah. university and, and coming out with debt and then realizing that they don't know what they want to do. It's gone deep for a CNC talk. This has gone pretty deep. Oh, we'll, we'll get deeper. We'll get, we'll get scarier. <laughs> We're going to go dark. We're going to go full Terminator at least one episode. <laughs> Skynet. So I, I think that's, that's probably a good first episode. We've given people an introduction to who we are, what we're all about. And um, we shall speak to you all uh next time what i think we should do is maybe i'll set up a maybe an instagram account for the um for the show sure um so let's do this live on air what what are we going to call this show <laughs> so we've had oh, cnc you have a chat well, well i don't what should we do we were cnc chat cnc talk um xyz xyz maybe i should say <laughs> um we've come up with a few different names um we need a, we need a home for the show what do you think yeah, I think a vote's a good idea. As long as it doesn't get called uh, Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> yeah, 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 that wouldn't be good. That wouldn't be good. Uh, I'm so kind of what... okay with it, as long as it's like CNC McCNC face or something. Yes, that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a CNC reference there, I suppose, with the face in, but... Uh... <laughs> What we'll do, I mean, this show will be part of the of the Makery Network. So for those who don't know, the Makery Network is a, is a network um, full of shows for for makers. So whether you're a, you're a knife maker, you're a carpenter, or you know you make stuff out of wood, metal, whatever it is, that there's going to be a show there for you on Makery.network. This show is going to be part of that. So what I'll do with the Makery.network uh, Instagram account, I'll put up a poll on there. What we should call this show. Um, we've got a few different few different names. I, I don't think it's that important, to be honest with you. So, yeah, let us know what you think. And, you know, if you've got any questions for us, what should we, we be talking about? How would you like to see the show evolve? What should it be? Um, and we can go from there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's open source, this mother. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's going to be exciting. There's so much to talk about here. There is, there is. 
Right, we shall speak to you all very soon. Bye, guys. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.